I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today's reading is Numbers chapters 8 through 10. Numbers chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, and say unto him, When thou lightest the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light over against the candlestick. And Aaron did so. He lighted the lamps thereof over against the candlestick, as the Lord commanded Moses. And this work of the candlestick was of beaten gold, unto the shaft thereof, unto the flowers thereof, was beaten work. According unto the pattern which the Lord had showed Moses, so he made the candlestick. In Numbers chapter 7, we saw the beginning of the dedication ceremony for the tabernacle. The leaders of the twelve tribes of Israel brought gifts for the dedication. Now the priests and Levites go to work in their newly established tabernacle. They begin with the lighting of the lampstand by Aaron. This is the lampstand, also known as the candlestick, in the tabernacle tent, and it's described in Exodus chapter 25, verses 31 to 40, and it was constructed in Exodus chapter 37, verses 17 to 24. The Hebrew word for candlestick here is menorah. That term is often used to refer to it by Jews even today. Beginning with verse 5, we see that the Levites get a good shave. I mean, all over. Verse 5, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the Levites from among the children of Israel and cleanse them. And thus shalt thou do unto them, to cleanse them. Sprinkle water of purifying upon them, and let them shave all their flesh, and let them wash their clothes, and so make themselves clean. Then let them take a young bullock with his meat offering, even fine flour mingled with oil, and another young bullock shalt thou take for a sin offering. And thou shalt bring the Levites before the tabernacle of the congregation, and thou shalt gather the whole assembly of the children of Israel together. And thou shalt bring the Levites before the Lord, and the children of Israel shall put their hands upon the Levites. And Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord for an offering of the children of Israel, that they may execute the service of the Lord. And the Levites shall lay their hands upon the heads of the bullocks. And thou shalt offer the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering unto the Lord, to make an atonement for the Levites. And thou shalt set the Levites before Aaron and before his sons, and offer them for an offering unto the Lord. Thus shalt thou separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. And after that shall the Levites go in to do the service of the tabernacle and of the congregation, and thou shalt cleanse them and offer them for an offering. For they are wholly given unto me from among the children of Israel, instead of such as open every womb, even instead of the firstborn of all the children of Israel have I taken unto me. For all the firstborn of the children of Israel are mine, both man and beast. On the day that I smote every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them for myself. And I have taken the Levites for all the firstborn of the children of Israel. And I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and to his sons from among the children of Israel to do the service of the children of Israel in the tabernacle of the congregation and to make an atonement for the children of Israel, that there be no plague among the children of Israel when the children of Israel come nigh into the sanctuary. And Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel did to the Levites according to all that the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so did the children of Israel unto them. 
And the Levites were purified, and they washed their clothes. And Aaron offered them as an offering before the Lord. And Aaron made an atonement for them to cleanse them. And after that went the Levites in to do their service in the tabernacle of the congregation before Aaron and before his sons, as the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so did they unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This is it that belongeth unto the Levites. From twenty and five years old and upward they shall go in to wait upon the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And from the age of fifty years they shall cease waiting upon the service thereof, and shall serve no more, but shall minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of the congregation, to keep the charge, and shall do no service. Thus shalt thou do unto the Levites, touching their charge." Well, in this passage, we saw that now it's time to consecrate the Levites. The first step was to get ceremonially sprinkled and then shave them all over. Yes, I said all over. We see that in verse 7. Verse 8 specifies the offering to be made on behalf of these Levites at their consecration ceremony. Then we have a component of the ceremony still used today for consecration into Christian ministry. That's the laying on of hands. The whole congregation of Israel did so. We see that in verse 9. That's a lot of hand-laying. Then the Levites lay their hands on the sacrifices to make atonement for themselves. Verse 12. These Levites were consecrated to the Lord instead of the firstborn of all the tribes. That was specified in Numbers chapter 3. Now notice the included age for the service in the tabernacle. Verse 24 says, From twenty and five years old and upward they shall go in to wait upon the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. You'll recall from Numbers chapter 4 that on the tabernacle moving day, those Levites charged with that responsibility had to be at least 30 years old for that task, and not older than 50. So serving in the tabernacle required one to be only 25, but moving it, you had to be 30. At a later period, when the sanctuary was permanently established on Mount Zion, David employed the Levites from age 20 and older. We see that in 1 Chronicles chapter 23, verses 24 and 25. In that passage, it is expressly stated that he did so because the Levites no longer had to carry the dwelling and its furniture. This remained the standard from that time forward. We find the consecration service for the priest, Aaron and his sons, over in Leviticus chapter 8. Remember, not all Levites were priests. Only Aaron's descendants were priests. It's interesting to note that the priests were sprinkled with blood but the Levites were sprinkled with water. In chapter 9, we find the observance of the Passover, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the children of Israel also keep the Passover at his appointed season. In the fourteenth day of this month at even, ye shall keep it in his appointed season, according to all the rites of it, and according to all the ceremonies thereof shall ye keep it. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the first month, and even in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so did the children of Israel. And there were certain men who were defiled by the dead body of a man, that they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moses and before Aaron on that day. And those men said unto him, We are defiled by the dead body of a man. Wherefore are we kept back, that we may not offer an offering of the Lord in his appointed season among the children of Israel? And Moses said unto them, Stand still, and I will hear what the Lord will command concerning you. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, 
Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If any man of you or of your posterity shall be unclean by reason of a dead body, or be in a journey afar off, yet he shall keep the Passover unto the Lord. The fourteenth day of the second month at even they shall keep it, and eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall leave none of it unto the morning, nor break any bone of it. According to all the ordinances of the Passover, they shall keep it. But the man that is clean and is not in a journey and forbeareth to keep the Passover, even the same soul shall be cut off from among his people because he brought not the offering of the Lord in his appointed season. That man shall bear his sin. And if a stranger shall sojourn among you and will keep the Passover unto the Lord according to the ordinance of the Passover and according to the manner thereof, so shall he do. He shall have one ordinance both for the stranger and for him that was born in the land. Now here we are at the first anniversary mark of leaving Egypt in verse 1. Now it's time to observe the Passover. If you live in the camp, you must, I said, you must keep the Passover on the designated day. That much is clear in this passage. Now that is so unless you were defiled in some way or maybe you were out of town. Then you observed it on the 14th day of the following month after the complication was rectified. The Passover feast is the only one of the festivals that had provisions for rescheduling to accommodate those who were forced to miss the uh, one held on the actual observance day. We see that King Hezekiah exercised this rule in Second Chronicles chapter 30. Now here's that phrase that says, Even the same soul shall be cut off from among his people. That's applied to those who decline to observe this special feast of Israel. In other words, you observed it whether you were a Jew or not, or they kicked you out of the camp. There was no freedom of religion there. It's interesting that this passage also includes the non-Jewish stranger in the Passover observance in verse 14. However, there was a particular stipulation for the stranger. We find it in Exodus chapter 12, verse 48. Here's what it says. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as one that is born in the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. To which the stranger might reply, Well, no thanks. I had a big meal before I left home. There's an interesting deduction that might be made regarding circumcision of the Passover. In the initial instructions given to the Hebrews regarding the observance of the Passover in Exodus 12:48, as I just read, they were adamantly instructed, no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. Now that's reinforced in this passage prior to the observance of their first Passover feast out of Egypt. We're not told in Scripture that the Hebrews observed another Passover during the 38-plus years of wilderness wanderings. But it appears that perhaps they did not observe the Passover during that 38 years of wandering, based upon Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. In that passage, Joshua is instructed to have a mass circumcision prior to entering Canaan. We are told in that passage that they did not circumcise for those 38 years of wilderness wandering. Therefore, as you can see, it's logical to conclude that they did not observe the Passover during that time either. Because to do so would have been a violation of Exodus 12:48, along with these instructions that we find in Numbers chapter 9. Now we're going to read a passage about that mysterious cloud called the Shekinah glory, beginning with Numbers chapter 9, verse 15. And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony, and at even there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. 
So it was always. The cloud covered it by day, and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after the children of Israel journeyed, and in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. At the commandment of the Lord the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of the Lord they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. And so it was, when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents, and according to the commandment of the Lord they journeyed. And so it was, when the cloud abode from even unto the morning, and that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed. Whether it was by day or by night that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days, or a month, or a year, that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle, remaining thereon. The children of Israel abode in their tents, and journeyed not, but when it was taken up, they journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord they rested in the tents, and at the commandment of the Lord they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Well, I certainly get the picture on that, don't you? When the cloud stayed, they stayed. When the cloud moved, they moved. So the cloud over the tabernacle, well, it was the sign of God's dwelling among them. Now, Bible students today know this as the Shekinah glory. When it stayed put, they stayed put. When it moved, they moved. May I emphasize again, as I've said before, the Israelites were never, 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 never lost God's presence was among them, and he instructed them exactly where to go and when to go there. This passage is clear about that. Now, I've written an article entitled, The Shekinah Glory. You can find the article on the right side of the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today's reading, or in the topic section of BibleTrack.org, and it's entitled again, The Shekinah Glory. Now, let's look at the two big old trumpets of silver. In Numbers chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver, of a whole piece thou shalt make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow with one trumpet, then the princes, which are the heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. When you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east parts shall go forward." When you blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. Also on the day of your gladness, and in your solemn days, and in the beginnings of your months, ye shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings, and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. So, how do you signal some two million people or so? You do so with these two silver trumpets, different sound patterns for different events, war, meetings, moving, so forth. Only the priests blew the trumpets. We saw that in verse 8. You can imagine that blowing those trumpets must have been a much envied responsibility. They also used these trumpets to signal new months and special festival days. The calendar during that period of time was based upon observation and not calculation. 
the priest declared the appropriate time for these events with the blowing of the big old silver trumpets. By the way, if you'd like to know more about the observational calendar, then you can look under the topic section of BibleTrack.org uh, under the Jewish calendar topic, or it's located on the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today's reading. So finally, moving day arrives, beginning with verse 11 of chapter 10. And it came to pass on the twentieth day of the second month, in the second year, that the cloud was taken up from off the tabernacle of the testimony. And the children of Israel took their journeys out of the wilderness of Sinai, and the cloud rested in the wilderness of Paran. And they first took their journey according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. In the first place went the standard of the camp of the children of Judah, according to their armies, and over his host was Nashon, the son of Amminadab. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Issachar was Nethanael, the son of Zuar. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Zebulun was Eliab, the son of Helon. And the tabernacle was taken down, and the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merari set forward, bearing the tabernacle. And the standard of the camp of Reuben set forward according to their armies, and over his host was Eleazar, the son of Shedur. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Simeon was Shelemiel, the son of Zerushaddai. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Gad was Eliasaph, the son of Duel. And the Kohathites set forward, bearing the sanctuary, and the other did set up the tabernacle against they came. And the standard of the camp of the children of Ephraim set forward according to their armies. And over his host was Elishama, the son of Amahud. And over the host of the children of Manasseh was Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Benjamin was Abidan, the son of Gideonai. And the standard of the camp of the children of Dan set forward, which was the re-reward of all the camps throughout their host. And over his host was Ahiazer, the son of Amashaddai. And over the host of the children of Asher was Pagael, the son of Akron. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Naphtali was Ahira, the son of Enon. Thus were the journeyings of the children of Israel according to their armies when they set forward. So here's the day everybody's been waiting for. It's moving day. Finally, we're going to Canaan, to the land God promised us. It's been a little over 13 months since they left Egypt, and quite a bit's been done. They're now organized into armies, their tabernacle's been built, and their unique style of worship has been established. They have their leaders appointed and their priests assigned. It's been boot camp for this last year, but now it's time for their first big assignment. The cloud over the tabernacle moves. Verse 13 says, They first took their journey according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Notice the order in which they traveled in verses 14 to 28. Specific tribes in their specific places. Now compare that to the order in the encampment chart that I showed you back in Numbers chapter 3. And you'll notice that they organized that way in which they broke down their camp and moved out. Now notice... Uh, Notice how long the wilderness journey lasted exactly. I want to direct your attention to Numbers chapter 10, verse 11. Here it says, And it came to pass on the twelfth day of the second month, in the second year, that the cloud was taken up from off the tabernacle of the testimony. So, that's the day they broke camp to head for Canaan in year two, month two, and day twenty. Now we turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 3. And here's what we read. And it came to pass 
In the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel, according to, unto all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. So here we find that they are prepared to go into Canaan in year 40, month 11, day 1. So the lapsed time in between was 38 years, 8 months, and 11 days. That's how long they spent between the time that they were prepared to go and pick up and go in this chapter until they actually went into Canaan 38 years, 8 months, and 11 days later. Then we find at the end of the chapter, verses 29 to 36 of chapter 10, that Hobab, he heads back to Midian. And Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Raguel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are journeying unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good, for the Lord hath spoken good concerning Israel. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. And he said, Leave us not, I pray thee, forasmuch as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. And it shall be, if thou go with us, yea, it shall be that what goodness the Lord shall do unto us, the same we will do unto thee. And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them in the three days' journey, to search out a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day, and when they went out of the camp, and it came to pass, when the ark set forward, that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. Well, since Israel had been encamped at Mount Sinai, also known as Mount Horeb, next to the homeland of Moses' wife's family in Midian, Hobab, his brother-in-law, had been living among them. He declines here an offer to travel on into Canaan with them, but Moses makes uh, an additional appeal to him. We're not told whether this second appeal is successful, but the Kenites, who are the descendants of Hobab, are mentioned on numerous occasions in the book of Judges, and also First and Second Samuel, and also Second Chronicles, indicating their presence among the Israelites. So perhaps this second appeal to Moses was effective. Moses had some standard words he used to signal time to travel and to rest. Look at verses 35 and 36. Here's what it says. And it came to pass, when the ark set forward, that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.